everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising and small business in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guide. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things small business, entrepreneurship, and franchising in the local area, and a great place for any entrepreneur to stop by if they're trying to learn more about the franchising industry. So this is our second episode with Mr. John Hoich, serial entrepreneur, author, philanthropist, so on and so forth. Welcome back, John, and thanks for sticking with us for another episode. It's an honor to be back, Blake. How are you? Very well. Thank you very much. So at the end of our first episode, I was asking you to kind of tally up all the different businesses and philanthropic pursuits and investments. And I think it, the summary is dozens of different businesses across all different industries. What's the common thread? What, what have you used to determine whether or not you'll make a business or, or make an investment or start a particular business? Well, as I started the business world, um, and it's interesting, my last job that I ever had of, from the paper route to construction to gas stations to car washes to the house of pies at 90th and Center, 57 varieties of pies. I was the cashier and a host. <laughs> I learned so much about people. I think that people was my entire life today as it is back then. And uh, then I started the lawn business. And it's so interesting uh, today at Rotary, Hal Dobbs spoke, our, our, a congressman and, and a great mayor, mm -hmm. of 48th mayor of Omaha, Nebraska. And, and he spoke today about Social Security which is going to be a very interesting, it's been a topic since 30 years since I growing up that, you know, when you get your old enough for Social Security, it won't even be around, you know, and I've been hearing that my whole life and praise God, it's still around. And as an employer <laughs> at 16, I started the business. I've been matching my Social Security as well as all my employees. I think I had 5,000 different employees in all my businesses and investments throughout my career, roughly. And uh, so, uh, I've gotten into so many areas from the lawn business to real estate to um, office buildings, shopping centers, apartment complexes. Um, apartments is my biggest investments today and stocks. Uh, the stock market I'm very uh, involved in uh, and have been saving money in the stock market and mutual funds since I was 18 with dollar cost averaging every month, putting something away my entire life. And it really works. It uh, helped me have that base. And uh, at the same time, I got involved with uh, even a science company I bought from a Rotarian friend named Howard Epstein. I bought Nebraska Scientific with, brought in a couple partners, and uh, they ended up buying me out because my sons didn't want that either. But we sold fetal pigs and frogs to eighth grade biology teachers all across the United States and Canada, and the kit and the scalper and all that stuff. So I've tried a little of everything. Um, but when I got into everything and even with the beautiful years with Jerry Slusky, we would, uh, he'd call me up and say, I found a deal and I, and, and, uh, you know, you want to hear some more? And I wouldn't let him off the phone till he had to <laughs> hang up on me because I like, where are we at? Where's it at? Let's buy it. You know? And I was a deal junkie for myself. I don't say that about anybody else, but for me, I became a deal junkie. Every deal I could get into and the bank would let me get a loan. Uh, I just, uh, couldn't stop. I was like eating uh, delicious dessert. I just was just 
so excited about every deal, and we got into a lot of them, and it was a ball. It was a blast. It became stressful in 08 to 12, but other than that, those times, uh, which was a very interesting time in life, you know, when you, and I think it was the biggest change in my life. And a friend named Chris Held that owns Dial, uh, Dial Realty, you know, that worked mm-hmm. with Don Day, I went to have lunch with him in 2011, and I owed the bank like $60 million. And I said, this is really hard. I mean, I've had a lot of tenants, you know, go out of business with me, uh, on me in the shopping centers. They were going bankrupt like flies. And all of a sudden, when you have about 25% of your tenants not paying rent anymore, it it, uh, kills paying your bills. And I said, you know, he said, you don't have nothing to worry about, John. I go, what do you mean? I got to get through this. He goes, well, when you owe the bank, you know, a million, you got a problem. But when you owe the bank 60 million, they got a problem. And (laughs) and, uh, and it really taught me a lot to just kind of laugh a little bit instead of being stressed. And uh, and I worked out every one of those. Some of them were harder than others, but uh, everybody, we settled with everybody. Everybody got paid. And I had several friends and acquaintances during those years of 08 to 12 that went bankrupt that killed themselves, where I didn't kill myself, thank God, and I wouldn't have, and I didn't go bankrupt. I, I paid every debt off and settled with everybody like a lot of other people did. The 08 to 12 was like uh, many politicians had said on TV. I always remembered listening to them, and they'd said that they felt that the, the recession of 08 to 12 was worse than the, the Great Depression. Uh, as we really did in our time, in our lifetime, those years were the Great Recession. And it really changed a lot in a lot of people. A lot of businesses went wrong, out of business. I could sit here for about two hours and tell you about 50 businesses that we all knew 20 years ago that are not here today that were around for 50 to 100 years, and they're gone. And so what I learned through that the most, through 08 to 12, is that, uh, you know, as they say, tomorrow's not promised. But I did learn that I don't want to be a deal junkie anymore. I don't want to get into deals just because I could. I don't want to buy anything just because I could. I wanted to do everything between 2012 to this 2023 day of my life today. I look at everything before I buy it and say, why am I buying it? whether it's something personal, whether it's a business, whether it's whatever I'm doing, even if it's a charity that I'm getting involved in. Why? I was on 30 boards through 30 years of my life. I used to do 30 galas a year and 30 scrambles. And I, and I even bought new clubs at times and it didn't improve my game, but I had fun. <laughs> but I did learn that the, uh, that I learned that net worth means nothing. Cash flow means everything. And before I get into any deal, I want to know now clearly for myself, what is the exit strategy? How do I get out of it before I ever get in it? And why am I doing it? And then you get to a point to where to be rich is to know when you have enough. You know, greed is, is the worst enemy that anybody can ever have in their lifetime, no matter what it is, and especially in money and business. So I've been learning to just do the 80-20 rule, and I've been getting rid of 80% of the businesses and investments that I've had, kept 20% of them that made 80% of the money. It's lightened up my load. It's got me to be in detox of being a deal junkie workaholic. And I've had more time for my sons than I've ever had, even though I tried never to miss any of their soccer and any of their life. 
But now I'm having real conversations with them, detailed, learning and, and watching their lives, as well as I've been focusing my sleep and exercise and and my walk with God and my great friends. Time to just hang out and have an iced tea and just talk about them and not my journey. Fascinating. Have you had mentors along the way? I've had a lot of mentors. I've had, like I mentioned, Jerry Slusky was one of my great mentors, PJ Morgan, John Lunn, Dr. Allily, a doctor friend of mine. Uh, Joe McDermott was probably one of my greatest mentors uh, for probably 40 years of my life. Uh, he owned Loveland Lawns, and uh, and him and his wife, Ada, were like parents to me. I've had the Takechis, uh, Kaz and Kimmy Takechi of the Takechi Jewelry Store. They were mentors. I've had some beautiful family people in my life that I felt like they were parents to me. Um, uh, and so it was, uh, I had six foster families. The Smiths were, uh, Bob and um, Samantha Smith, she's still with us at 84. And they were, gave me some parental feelings. I had a stepdad named Carl Von Hess. He was the dirty Nazi wrestler during the, the days of Vern Gagne. And uh, <laughs> he legally adopted me when I was 20, even though I didn't need to be adopted, but out of love. And I, I did his eulogy at 93, I think he lived to. And so I had some wonderful people in my life that I've just really followed. George Kubot was a great leader that passed away that uh, would meet with me quarterly. And, and, uh, and so and I got into an investment in 2000. I joined YPO, a uh, young president's organization, um, at 39 years old. And I got to meet Lisa Roskins and her dad, Mike Yanni. And I brought him a deal uh, privatizing off at Air Force Base. And in 2005, uh, we uh, won the bid to buy the 1,954 homes at Offutt Air Base. And today, uh, 18 years later, Dominic Vaccaro is their president, and they become like family and friends to me. And I love them. Uh, the, they've been great partners now, and uh, we've got uh, 32 years left in that deal. And so that keeps me busy, and we thank you for your taxpaying dollars to help us get paid from the soldiers and the, uh, for the uh, government housing at Offutt Air Force Base at Strategic Air Command. So it's a 50-year lease, so it's got some time left, and I, my hope is to be there at 97 when we uh, re- redo the lease for another 50 years. <laughs> so it's just a – but that's <laughs> it's been a journey. Lots of goals, lots of journey, but the goals are less. I live on a lake and valley. Uh, it's called Lake Timbershore, and I bought a new pontoon, and I'm – and I'm utilizing the things that I own and not just having them. You know, I, do, I refuse yeah. to buy anything I'm not going to use. And uh, I nurture my relationships with people. And uh, I, I value each day as I get up as a very valuable day and not just live to go through it, but live in each moment, living in the moment. So as you're sitting on the pontoon, maybe with a fishing pole in your hand. Love to fish. Yeah reflecting are there particular achievements that you're most proud of um being there for my sisters um being there for my brother till he died um helping all the 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 kids that i have at west side high school able to see the hoich recovery center help people transition their lives we call it the hero program that you know, as I was a donor only, it's their program, but I've been such blessed to be a little part of it. And But to see the HERO program 
get people to come out of the Stevens Center and the HERO program and change their lives to be impactful. And uh, one of my great friends, Joe Smith, he... uh, He's a county attorney in Norfolk, Nebraska. He's been one of my best friends since 10, and he actually helped start my lawn business when I was 16. And I bought him out for $400 because he had asthma, and he went on to be a great lawyer and a county attorney for 38 (laughs) years in Madison County. He's a wonderful friend of mine who I love with all my heart. And and another is Charles Lakin III, Chuck Lakin. I met him at 18, and he's become uh, like a brother to me 100% in my life for 30, 40 years now. And... uh, his father owned the largest farming, uh, continuing farms in the state of Iowa. And when his father died in 2016, uh, Chuck's sisters and Chuck himself asked me to uh, join the board at the Charles E. Lakin Foundation. And I've been blessed to be part of that since 2016, uh, um, helping people in six counties in southwest Iowa, impacting their lives with helping families in resilience and seeing the smiles on the faces that we can help at giving them education and scholarships and affordable housing and food and food banks and drug and alcohol counseling, mental illness. And so I'm very active, about 40 hours a week now, being blessed to help the Charles E. Lakin Foundation and Council Bluffs, Iowa. Uh, We're building a lot of affordable housing in southwest Iowa. It's just a beautiful. We're in Pottawatomie County and got a great team of, a great board. Um, it's just been a beautiful experience. I'm real proud to be part of that. And it's not about building an empire of profit, but of nonprofit. Wow. I, uh, I'm overwhelmed. I gotta say I'm overwhelmed with gratitude for everything that you've done for the communities that you've lived and worked in. So thank you for all of that. And it's an honor impressed with how you've turned your challenged upbringing into uh, an opportunity for others to learn and grow themselves and build a good life for themselves. Well, my book, From the Ground Up, tells the story. You can get it uh, through my website, johnhoich.com. Or I, and that's that's H-O-I-C-H, right? So John... J-O-H-N-H-O-I-C-H. And all the money's gone back to the Stevens Center, Lakeside, Rotary, uh, the clubs and the groups that I believe believe in. But uh, I'd like to write a second book, so maybe you can help me. And uh, I want to tell the, the new story of what's happened since 2006. I did kind of today. But I, the next book is from the ground up, I think, more of a, a second book, something like Higher Ground, you know, something that's been mm-hmm. a, a life-changing uh but that's the beautiful part about life. If you never give up, you're guaranteed that the sun will will rise and the and the and the sun will set. And and the next day when it rises again, it's a new day. And don't live in the past. Don't worry about tomorrow. But live in the in the present. And that's the biggest thing that I do every day is is uh, focus family first. Uh, business uh, is the third, and the second is is uh, God first, family second, business third. I try every day to try to keep those priorities straight. And uh, and I start every day with a new day because we all are sinners. We've all made mistakes. We all screw up. And I'm the first to admit many times over and over, but start over the next day. And that's the beautiful part about a new day. Smile and give people positive attitude and, and not talk negative. Keep your glass half full and never give up. And that's all I know how to do every day. And so I try to be live by example to my sons, to my friends, and to everybody I'm around. 
Start over the next day. There's my first idea for the title for the next book. Right. <laughs> We're going to, I could literally sit here and record a hundred episodes in a row with you, but. Well, i got nothing else to do. I'm semi-retired now. We'll just do that. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't have 20 businesses you could be involved in right now. John, I can't thank you enough for spending time with us today. I got to ask you one more question that I'd be angry at myself if I didn't throw it out there for the benefit of our listeners. And that's this. You probably get all kinds of questions all the time from people who've read your books or seen your business success. The typical questions, right? Like, well, what's the secret to success? What have you? The question I wanted to ask you was, what are the questions that aspiring entrepreneurs are not asking that you think they should be asking when they're talking to somebody like you? My immediate answer would be patience. I'll never forget one time I was at a Berkshire Hathaway meeting with that I've tried I've gone to about 30 of them in my life and someone asked Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett and said uh, why hasn't anybody else repeated this everybody could do it I mean you guys aren't magic you know anybody could do this why, why haven't other people tried to do what you've done like the, the you know the uh, computer world and and the high tech world and stuff and so Warren said to Charlie, said, Charlie, why hasn't anybody ever done this before? Charlie says, I, you know, uh, let's face it, Warren, nobody has the patience we have. <laughs> and, and I think it meant so much to me learning that because so many people are in a hurry to make decisions, hurry to get things done in a way of life and trying to start at the top instead of work their way up. I truly worked my way up. I got the shit beat out of me so many times. I can't tell you in different times in my life, but I didn't give up. And I think that my patience and and my belief in people and myself got me to where I got. There's no, unless you win the lottery, and then you Google how many times people who win the lottery don't even have it within one to five years, how much they lose, you know, they, they don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to keep it. You need to respect money, respect money, respect banks, respect loans, respect things, and not, uh, you know, the biggest thing I, I really believe in is having appreciation instead of expectations. It'll change your whole world every day. And that's yeah. what I preach the most that I think most people miss. They just expect it and not appreciate it. And my, I appreciate of everything I ever have, and that's what I preach the most. And I hope people listen, but I think it goes in one ear out the other sometimes. But that's what I preach to my sons. I preach it to my friends, and I preach it to people that that are always asking me for help. And I, I've, you got to learn the word no sometimes. Yeah. But most of the time, I try to do all I can. I don't want to loan any money to anybody because, you know, once I had a friend and I had some money. I loan my money to my friend. Now I don't have my money or my friend. So loaning people money is not the greatest idea. But giving them time is more valuable than money because a lot of times someone just needs to be heard and then you got to shut up while you're talking to them and let them get out of their mind what they really want to do and then you became an instrument to help them think out their problem or their situation or their goals or their dreams. That's the gift God gave me that I try to help people with. Well, that is a prophetic ending to 
very prophetic interview. And I really appreciate all of your time sharing your experiences, sharing the wisdom that you've gained through uh, some real tough experiences. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, John. It's an honor, Your Honor. (laughs) And again, the book where all of the money earned goes directly to some great local charities, johnhoich.com. That's J-O-H-N-H-O-I-C-H.com. That's the book you're looking at on the screen. Um, If you want to learn more about John Hoich's background and his thoughts on success and what success really means, read the book. Again, one more time, thank you so much to our guest, John Hoich, who spent two episodes with us. We appreciate you being with us, and we thank you for all your service to the community. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you so much, John. And God bless all of you for watching another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide. Please do the right thing and share this with others who you think would gain or benefit from it. Maybe they're a little bit down and they need to hear about somebody who's been there, done that, and pulled themselves up. My name is Blake Martin. I'm the Heartland Franchise Guy. Appreciate it if you would subscribe, follow, and share our Heartland Franchise Guy episodes. We will see you here again soon on a new episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. Huda Media Production.